time, the play begins just before dinner on a dark and stormy night not too far from Washington, D.C. in 1954. Place, Body Manor, a mansion of epic proportions and terrifying secrets. Clue, adapted from the screenplay by Jonathan Lynn, written by Sandy Rustin. Prologue, sounds of heavy rain, lot wheeler dogs barking. Yvette, a French maid, McCarthy's shrieking denunciations and fear-mongering have created a climate of fear and suspicion across their country, raising the question in households across the nation, who are the un-American Americans amongst us? Struggling crash of thunder and lightning illuminates the glass-paneled front door, revealing the silhouette of a man holding an umbrella. Any man who has been named by either a senator of a committee or a congressman is dangerous to the welfare of this nation. The front door creaks open, unheard by Yvette. Enter Wadsworth, the butler, dressed perfectly, shaking off and stowing his umbrella and hat, a twinkle in his eye. President Eisenhower refuses to engage directly with McCarthy. In a letter to his brother, however, Eisenhower explains, as for McCarthy, only a short-sighted or completely inexperienced individual would urge the use of the office of the presidency to give an opponent the publicity he so avidly desires. Time and time again, without apology or evasion, I and many members of this administration have stood for the right of the individual for free expression of convictions, even though those convictions might be unpopular, and for uncensored use of our libraries, except as dictated by common decency. Yvette? Oh, monsieur, I didn't hear you come in. You frightened me half to death. Wouldn't want to do that. There are so many better ways to die. Please, turn off that noise. Is everything ready? Oui. Good. Cook? In a flash of thunder and lightning, a formidable cook, dressed perfectly, appears from the kitchen. You called, sir. Everything on schedule? Dinner will be ready at 7.30. Feeling a butcher knife on the music sting. Ah, right on time. You have your instructions? Oui. Very well then. Let the game begin. Scene one. The hall, the lounge. Dogs bark, rain and storms. Wadsworth grandly opens the front door to a music sting. Colonel Mustard, officious, stands in the doorway, shielding himself from the rain. He wears a decorated colonel's uniform. Good evening. Oh, good evening. I'm not sure if I'm in the right... Uh... Yes, indeed you are expected, Colonel. How, how did you know? Is it, it is Colonel Mustard, isn't it? Uh, no, that's not my name. My name is Colonel I Ketch. I even recommended that you use a pseudonym tonight. Uh, oh, no thank you. I took an in before I came. May I take your coat? Oh, all right, I suppose I... Uh... Yvette, at the bar cart now, now pops open a bottle of champagne a la a gunshot, startling mustard who yelps. Not to worry, Colonel. It's just the maid in the hall with the champagne cork. Champagne? Oh, uh, don't mind if I... This way, monsieur. Ah, thank you. Are you expecting anyone else? Indeed. I'll be with you in a moment. 
Follow me, Colonel. With pleasure, my dear. Mrs. White stands tragic and morbid, dressed in funeral, funeral clothing, guarding herself from the rain. Over her face is a mesh black veil. Do come in, madam. You're expected. Welcome. Do you know who I am? She pulls back her veil to reveal her face. Only that you are a socialite to be known this evening as Mrs. White. Yes. It said so in my letter. But why? May I introduce you? Mrs. White, this is Maid Yvette. I see you two know each other. We've never met. Jump in. I think not. Please, warm yourself in the lounge. Why? Do I look cold? A bit. I'll be right with you. White steps to the floor, the door, noticing mustard. Oh, hello. Uh, hello, pleased to meet you. I'm rarely pleased to meet anyone. More? Oh, yes. Yvette opens the front door to Mrs. Peacock, middle-aged, wealthy, and batty, stands covered in jewels, a fox for her stole, and a hat of peacock feathers, shielding herself from the rain with a box of candy. Ah, bonjour, madame. Please, come in from the rain. Mrs. Peacock, I presume. Oh, oh, yes, that's me. Cook, will you please take Mrs. Peacock's stole? <gasps> I see you two know each other. Uh, don't be ridiculous. I've never seen this man before in my life. Champagne. My lips belong to the Lord. Please, make yourself comfortable in the lounge. <sighs> Thank you. Oh, for your hospitality, here's some chocolates. And there's a couple of Benjamins under the caramels for you, Butler. How sticky. I expect to be treated like the wife of a super- Oh, that world. Right this way, after you, Mrs. Peacock. Oh, my, look at the detail of this molding. This is quite a, a magnificent mansion, isn't it? Oh, who are you? Welcome to the party. This is turning out to be quite the crowd. Wadsworth opens the front door. Mr. Green, great as an arrow, stands in a trench coat holding an umbrella. He does not enter, but remains in the doorway, anxious. Uh, uh, <laughs> Mr. Right address to meet Mom. Sit! No, not you, sir. So sorry. Please, come in. Excuse me, I, I suppose this letter has me rather anxious. You must be Mr. Green. Yes, that's exactly who I am. Welcome, sir. Whoa, this is not at all what I expected. I find if you expect nothing, you're never disappointed. Oh, I'm not disappointed. It's just... Pardon me, sir. Wadsworth opens the door to find Professor Plum with Miss Scarlet smoking a long, thin cigarette standing behind him. Good evening. Please arrive at 7.30 sharp on Saturday evening. Well, here I am. Professor Plum. If you say so. 
Well, well, well. And I thought I'd seen everything. Miss Scarlet, welcome. I didn't realize you and the professor were acquainted. We're not. The bridge is washed out from the rain. My car broke down and this professor offered to give me a ride. I didn't realize we were headed to the same place until we arrived. How was your drive? That's a long haul. Indeed, it is a long haul. But then again, it's a very large house. This way, please. Hey, what is this godforsaken place anyway? This old place, oh, this is Body Manor. Cook, dinner. Directly. Appetizers in the lounge, after you. Hors d'oeuvres, good. I'm starving. Honey, I haven't much of an appetite. My, my, this really is a party. Well, greetings all. It's a pleasure for you to see me. Oh, cocktail hour. Uh, th there's so many of you, I, I didn't even realize. Right, good then. You're all here. Colonel Mustard. Present. Miss Scarlet. Hmm. Mrs. White. Yes. Professor Plum. Right. Mr. Green. Th that's me. And Mrs. Peacock. How'd you do? Greetings. I am Wadsworth, the butler. Tonight, as you may have surmised, nobody is being addressed by their real name, a courtesy your host has provided to ensure your privacy. I suggest you follow his lead and refrain from revealing too much about yourselves this evening. You never know when... The cook strikes a gong. Interrupting. Ah. Green spills champagne over himself. Dinner. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm a bit clumsy. I Dinner? That was more like a cocktail minute. Mr. Wadsworth, you were saying you never know when... What? 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 Hmm? This way, please. We really oughtn't keep her waiting. Cook can get cranky. Ladies and gentlemen, follow me. The dining room is right this way. The cast follows Wadsworth from the lounge to the dining room. Behind them, as the lounge module closes, the dining room wall flies in and Yvette and Cook each push one side of the dining room table with chairs that meets in the middle. Scene two, the dining room. The guests arrive to find a beautifully set table with seven places. You will find your names beside your places. Please be seated. Well, this looks... Uh, oh, is this that oh, it's such a lovely oh. table. This is a top. They take their places, mustard next to scarlet, next to plum, next to green, next to peacock, next to white, next to plum. This place, at the head of the table, is that for you? Indeed no, sir. I don't sit. I'm merely a humble butler. What exactly do you do? I bottle, sir. Dinner is served. Thank you, cook. As the guests sit in their seats, Yvette and Cook serve them soup. All right, then. Uh, what's this all about, Butler, this dinner party? Ours not to reason why, ours but to do and die. Uh, die? Merely quoting, sir, from Alfred Lord Tennyson. I prefer Kipling myself. Do you like Kipling, Colonel Mustard? Sure, I'll eat anything. If you don't mind, who is our host? 
Is this where he sits? All in good time, sir. Mm, what's that smell? It's something familiar. Schauspien soup. Oh, my favorite. I know. Oh. Bon appetit. Oh, oh, this is delicious. Oh, this is yum, yum, yummy, yum, yum, yum. <coughs> well, I guess I'll break the ice. I mean, I mean, I'll be the one to get the ball rolling. I mean, I'm used to being a hostess. It's an integral part of a, being the wife of a... Oh, I forgot. We're not supposed to say who we really are. But, oh, well, I mean, I have no idea what we're doing here. And I'm very intrigued. And, oh, this soup is delicious, isn't it? I know who you are. I, I work in Washington. Washington? So you must be a politician's wife, Miss Peacock. Yes, I am. Who's your husband? Maybe I know him. All right, well, Mrs. White, you've been awful quiet. What does your husband do? Nothing. Nothing? Well, he just lies around on his back all day. <laughs> How lazy. Not necessarily. Sorry, sorry. I'm afraid I, I'm, I'm a little accident prone. That'll be five dollars, mister. Sorry? Mr. Green, what are you doing in Washington? Oh, I'd better not say. I, I like to follow the rules. Well, if I wasn't trying to keep the conversation going, then, I w then we would be sitting here in this silence. Are you afraid of silence, Miss Peacock? Y no. Why? Well, in my professional opinion, it seems you suffer from what we call pressure of speech. Is that an official diagnosis? Hmm. Are you a doctor, professor? In psychological medicine. Do you practice? Not anymore. I currently work for the government. Ah, another politician. Not exactly. I do research for you-know-who. Who? who? A branch of the United Nations Organization, the World Health Organization. Huh? Ah, you know who. It's an acronym. I have a sister who's a gymnast. You are a real colonel, aren't you? I am, sir. Aren't you going to mention the coincidence that you also live in Washington, D.C., Colonel? Uh, how do you know that? Well, I've seen you before. Oh, so, Miss Scarlet, does that mean that you live in Washington, D.C. as well? Sure do. Does anyone here not live in Washington? Oh, then is this about the Red Scare? I'm not a communist. I'm a Republican. Wadsworth, we've had enough of this. Where's our host, and why did, have we been brought here? Ah, speak of the devil. Pardon me, please. Hey, I've got an idea. Empty your water glass, let's put it up to the door. Oh yes, good thinking, Miss Scarlet. What are we doing, why? Acoustic coupling between the door and the glass allows sound waves to travel from one side to the other. Oh. 
All the guests have arrived as expected, sir. Everything is going according to plan. We'll meet you in the study. Oh, my, would you look at this door? He's here. Oh, he's look who's back, you sly nice devil. <laughs> oh, for goodness sake. Who is at that door? I demand to know what's going on. Can I interest any of you in fruit or dessert? No. Oh. In that case. May I suggest that we adjourn to the study for coffee and brandy, at which point I believe your newly arrived host will reveal his intentions, your letters will be explained, and the game will be afoot. Coffee, brandy? Yes, thank you, Yvette. That will be all. Oui, monsieur. Well, um, where's our host? He's not here. Nobody's here. What is happening? Cigarette? It'll calm your nerves. I don't smoke. Mustard has found a string and button closure envelope. A la Clue board game on the desk. The envelope reads confidential in large red letters. For Wadsworth, open after dinner. Oh, it's for you. Right then, are you comfortable? I make a good living. Oh, out with it, Wadsworth. Ladies and gentlemen, these instructions are clear. I'm glad something is. It seems the six of you have all received the same letter. It will be to your advantage to be present on this date because a Mr. Body will bring to end a certain long-standing, confidential and painful financial liability. Yeah, I got that. Oh, yeah, that's what I that's have. exactly what happened in my mailbox. Too. As it turns out, you all have one thing in common. That trite, McCarthy. We're being blacklisted, aren't we? Close, Colonel. You're all being blackmailed. For some considerable time, all of you have been paying more than you can afford to someone who threatens to expose you. Oh, please. What's someone going to blackmail me for? I go to church every Sunday. Yeah, lady, don't we all? <laughs> Anybody else wish to deny it? Until you'd received your letters, you hadn't known who was blackmailing you. But now I'm sure that even the least discerning amongst you has determined that the man behind your ransom is Mr. Body himself. Well, I figured that much, but who is this fella? And who are you, his henchman, you pompous British butler? Mr. Body, what a scoundrel. All, all distress is not good for my blood pressure. You think I can't handle a little blackmail? Who is this body fella, you brutish butler? Who Mr. Body is, is no concern of yours. Suffice it to say, he's a supporter of the House Un-American Activities Committee, and he feels your activities have been decidedly un-American. My task this evening is to expose your secrets to each other, rendering you all culpable in each other's indiscretions. Oh. But we hardly know each other. Precisely. Don't you think that you may spare us this humiliation? I'm afraid I have no choice. We'll start with you, Professor Plum. Ooh, this ought to be good. It says here, you were once a professor of psychiatry, specializing in pathological lying lunatics suffering from delusions of grandeur. Yes, but now I work for the US government. So your work has not changed. But you can't practice medicine anymore, can you? Your license has been lifted, correct? Why, what do you do? You know how doctors aren't supposed to date their patients. Yeah, well, he did. How awful! You know, someday there'll be a reckoning for men like you. I hope so. Me too. 
You are disgusting. Are you making moral judgments, Mrs. Peacock? Well, I just... How no. do you justify taking bribes in return for delivering Senator Peacock's vote to certain lobbyists? My husband is a paid consultant. There's nothing sinful about that. Not if it's publicly declared. But if you slip cash under the stall door at Old Ebbett's Grill, how would you describe that transaction? I'd say it stinks. When were you in that man's room? So it's true. No, it's a vicious lie. But you've been playing the blackmail for over a year to keep that story out of the papers. Seems a little sticky, no? Now see here, you don't know anything about what I do. Well, I'm willing to believe you. I too am being blackmailed for something I didn't do. So am I. So am I. Not me. You're not being blackmailed. Oh, I'm being blackmailed, all right, but I did what I'm being blackmailed for. What did you do? I run a non-governmental agency that handles classified affairs. Affairs? In Washington? Is that how you knew Colonel Mustard works in Washington? Is, is he one of your clients? Certainly not. I was asking Miss Scarlet. Tell him it's not true. It's not true. Is that true? No, it's not true. <laughs> so it is true. A double negative. Double negative? You mean you have photographs? That sounds like a confession to me. In fact, the double negative has led to proof positive. I'm afraid you gave yourself away. Are you trying to make me look stupid in front of the other guests? You don't need any help from me, sir. Colonel, it looks like you hold a sensitive security post in the Pentagon. Those negatives would most certainly compromise your position. And what positions exactly were you caught in, Colonel? This is an outrage. Let's see, who's next? Ah, Mrs. White. You've been paying our friend the blackmailer ever since your husband died under, shall we say, mysterious circumstances. Say what you want. I didn't kill him. And why are you paying the blackmailer? I don't want another scandal, do I? Another? We had a very humiliating confrontation. He had threatened to kill me in public. Why would he want to kill you in public? I think she meant that he had threatened in public to kill her. It was all over the papers. And yet he was the one who died. Not you, Mrs. White. Not you. He was found dead at home, unclothed. His head has been cut off. And so at his, you know. Oh, my. But I didn't do it. I had been out all evening, at the movies. What was showing? The Naked Alibi. A likely story. But he was your second husband. Your first also disappeared. That was his job. He was an illusionist. But he never reappeared. I didn't say he was a very good illusionist. And lastly, Mr. Green... Who is, uh... I don't need you to unmask me, Mr. Wadsworth. I know what you're going to say about me. What's that? Mr. Green, who is a homosexual. Not me. I beg your pardon? You asked, who is a homosexual? And I said it's not me. Yes, thank you, Colonel. But there's more to it than that, Mr. Green. What do you mean? There's evidence to support the question of your politics. My politics? Since when is working for the Republican Party a crime? 
You swore an oath of allegiance to the Republican Party, but neglected to vote for Eisenhower in the last election. That's grounds for an ousting, if there ever was one. But voting records are confidential. Everything has its price, Mr. Green. So, there you have it. Have what? A crooked senator's wife, a lascivious doctor, a disloyal Republican, and so forth. Not exactly adhering to an all-American standard of behavior, are you? Depends on who you ask. But if this body follows such a noble civilian himself, then why didn't he report us to the authorities? And give up the opportunity to make a buck? Come now, Professor. What could be more American than that? Apple pie? All right, Wadsworth. So we're being blackmailed by a renegade McCarthyist. Where does that leave us? Where is this Mr. Body? And what does he want from us? Who cares? I'm not waiting around to find out. I don't, I've done nothing wrong. I'm leaving. I'm sorry, Miss Peacock. You can stay in denial, but you cannot leave this house. I am the wife of a great senator. You cannot tell me what to do. Locked? Indeed, all the doors are locked. The windows are barred and the grounds are patrolled by vicious dogs. There's no way out. You can't hold us What do you mean, Ladies and gentlemen, allow me to introduce your host for the evening and your blackmailer for life, Mr. Body. How'd you do? Who do you think you are? I'll I thought millionaires were supposed to be good looking, you swine. Why are you blackmailing us? I'm frustrated I find you attractive. Boy, would I like to give you a piece of my mind, and I don't even like confrontation. Driving all these good people, I don't get it. What is in it for you? You're such a typical man, better off dead. White emerges at the front of the group to expertly knee body in the groin. Ooh, Mrs. White in the study with her knee. Thank you. I studied martial arts. There is one more piece of information that you all might may like to have. What? What? The police are coming in less than an hour. The police? What? The police? What? We've done nothing wrong. Unless. Unless, Unless what? what? You agree to double down. And why would we agree to that? Because if you don't, I'll put this briefcase, containing all the evidence needed to expose your wrongdoings, in the hands of the police, the press, and the House Un-American uh, Committee. With the right spin, those fellas can make a commie out of anyone. I think some of you would face a lifetime of jail, and others, a lifetime of shame. You're taking advantage of that's why you bastard. Unless. Unless, Unless what? what? Well, there is something you could do for me that would change the game. Something I just can't bear to do myself. What? what? Have a seat, please. Is, is it alright if I sit here? So, sorry, sorry. A little accident prone. I'm sorry. What's this all about, sir? In this bag, there are six packages that I thought our guests might find useful for this evening. Packages? Presents, if you will. I'm a generous sort of fellow. Are you? Wadsworth, will you please see to it that each guest, guest receives a gift? Gladly. Anyone want to make a guess as to what's in your boxes? Perfume? Candy? A rare single malt scotch whiskey? <laughs> Aren't guessing games fun? Please open them. Scarlet opens her box. Puzzled, she lifts out a heavy brass candlestick. Music sting. 
She looks at body. A candlestick? What's this for? A wrench. A dagger? A revolver. Ah, ah, it's a snake! Oh, oh, no, never mind. It's just a rope. In your hands, you each have a lethal weapon. You all came here tonight because you believed the evidence against you was so terrible that you would do anything to keep it a secret. I'm putting that theory to the test. You are? Mr. Wadsworth here is the only other person who knows your secrets, and it's costing us all dearly to keep them quiet. What do you mean? I wouldn't have to double your payments if I didn't have to pay Mr. Wadsworth for his silence. Wadsworth? Wadsworth. That's a lie. He may look square, suave, and charming. Thank you. But he really, he's conniving and manipulative. False. Who do you, why do you think he called the police? You called the police? Only because he instructed me to do so. Did I? Ladies and gentlemen, if you can manage to get rid of Mr. Wadsworth, I'll have no need to increase your blackmail or expose you to the police. Get rid of? Does he mean kill him? In fact, if you can eliminate Wadsworth... Yes, I think that's what he means. ...who not only knows all of your secrets, but also mine, then I will eliminate your blackmail altogether and be done with this terrible business once and for all. You would never! But why make us do it, Bobby? Why don't you do your dirty work yourself? Yeah! <laughs> why should I when six of you are so uniquely motivated? And armed? What a patriot. After all I've done for you! He's a liar! I'm one of you! I'm not a butler! I'm an indentured servant! <laughs> a familiar refrain. Don't make a scene, Wadsworth. It's over. The police are on their way. Now's your chance. The only way for you to end your blackmail and avoid finding yourselves on the front pages is for one of you to kill Wadsworth. Now! Switches off the lights. <gasps> Body oh. lies on the floor, prone, face down. Everyone else is spread throughout the study. It's Mr. Body! Oh, thank goodness. Is he breathing? Stand back, I'm a doctor. He's dead. Who had the gun? Well, I did. So you shot him? I didn't. If you didn't, who did? Somebody must have grabbed it from my hand, and the next thing I know, there was a shot. <laughs> there's no gunshot wound. He's right, there isn't. Look, there's a bullet lodged here in the wall. Eagle eye, Miss Scarlet. Well, if, if the bullet's over there, then how did he die here? Uh, I don't know, I'm not a forensics expert. Someone else must have killed him. Well, don't look at me. I didn't do it. Me neither. I'm over here. I'll go to church. Peacock, unable to find a drink elsewhere, goes to Body's body, who's still holding a goblet. <sighs> I need a drink. She pries the goblet from Body's dead hand, raises it to her lips. She downs it just as... Maybe Mr. Body was poisoned by the brandy. Poison? Oh, no! No, not poison! Oh, my goodness! I just drank anything that I just drank. No, not poison! I have children on my side! There, there, Miss Peacock. I'm sure you'll be just fine. There's... is no. Well, someone had to stop her from screaming. Was the brandy poisoned? 
How should I know? Looks like we'll never know. Unless she dies too. Suddenly, someone screams from another part of the house. Scene four. A hole outside the billiard room. It's locked. Who's in there? Who's screaming? C'est moi. Yvette? Oui. Yvette, are you all right? No. Yvette. Are you still alive? Of course I'm alive, you idiot! No thanks to you, Wadsworth! You've locked us up in this house with a murderer! So the murderer is here? We! Where? Where? Here! We are all looking at him! Oh, <sighs> uh, how? What took you so long? I am an old woman who may or may not have been poisoned! I heard you all in this study. One of you is the killer! How could you hear us in the study? I was listening! I have a tape recorder in the billiard room, connected to the study. Monsieur Botte asked me to record your conversation. Why would he ask you to do that? For more evidence, of course. What's revealed your secrets in the study, now they are all recorded. What a snake. I've got to destroy them. Where are the tapes? Who cares about the tapes? What about the body? What body? What body's body? body. But Yvette, why were you screaming in there? All by yourself? Because I was frightened. I also drank the cognac. Maybe I am poisoned too. Plus, one of you is a killer. Monsieur Body is dead. We, we have to figure out which one of them did it. What do you mean, which one of them? Well, I didn't do it. Well, one of you did. I would have killed him myself, but I didn't have access to a weapon. Don't look at me. All I got was a candlestick. Maybe it wasn't one of us. Who else could it have been? Who else is in the house? Only the cook. <gasps> the, the cook! cook. The cook. <laughs> Scene 5. The kitchen. They enter the kitchen. There is a large refrigerator. Green no longer has the lead pipe. They look out for Cook. As far as I can tell, the cook's not here. Oh, what a lovely kitchen. My husband and I had a kitchen very similar to this in our first brownstone. It has such a homey feel, doesn't it, you know? Oh! As she reminisces, green trips, accidentally causing the large refrigerator to open. The cook's body, dagger in her back, tumbles oh. out onto a quite unsuspecting green. It's the cook. With a dagger in her back. Somebody must have killed her. I didn't do it. Green lands on the ground beneath the cook. Nobody moves. This makes two. Two what? Murders. I hate murders. I think you better explain yourself, Wadsworth. Me? Well, who else would have wanted to kill the cook? Dinner wasn't that bad. How can you make jokes at this time? It's my defense mechanism. Some defense. If I were a killer, I'll kill you next. I said, if there's only one admitted killer here, and that's not me, it's Mrs. White. <gasps> I've admitted nothing. You paid the blackmail. How many husbands have you had? Mine or other women's. Yours. Five. Five? Five, yes, just the five. Husbands should be like Kleenex. Soft, strong, and disposable. Well, if it wasn't you, who was it? Who had the dogger? It was Miss Peacock. 
Yes, but I put it down. Where? In the study. Any one of us could have picked it up. Don't look at me. Well, not either of you. Well, then, it must have been Mr. Green. Can somebody help me up, please? Good Lord, get him up. You really ought to learn to speak up for yourself better, Mr. Green. Mustard and Plum lift the cook's body off of Green. Green, gasping, recovers getting up. <gasps> oh, my Lord, oh, my Lord. Ladies and gentlemen, might I suggest we take the cook's body back into the study? Wadsworth hoists the cook out of Mustard and Plum's arms and onto his back. Why? For starters, when the police arrive, if they find this body, we'll all be in custody and under suspicion for murder. Murder? And secondly, I'm the butler. I like to keep the kitchen tidy. Scene six. The study. The guests, except Wadsworth, enter the study. They stop and slowly look back to the spot where Bonnie was. He's gone. The body's gone. What are you all staring at? Nobody. What do you mean? Nobody. No body. Mr. Body's body, it's gone. Maybe he wasn't really dead. He was. We should have made sure. I thought I had. So was he dead or wasn't he? Maybe he was dead, but someone moved him. Who would move him? And why? How should I know? Well, if it's not here, then where is he? Oh my, all this excitement. If, if you'll excuse me, I have to, um, is there a little girl's room? Oui, oui, madame. Oh no, I just want to powder my nose. There's a toilet outside the billiard room. Hmm. Um, I don't mean to alarm anyone, but we do currently have the small issue of two dead bodies, one missing and one present, and the imminent arrival of the police. The bridge is washed out. That should buy us some extra time. But I don't want extra time. I want the police to arrive. I'm trapped in this house with a murderer. But once the police get here, the rest of us are doomed. Wadsworth, am I right in thinking that there is nobody else in this house? Um, no. Then there is someone else in this house. Sorry, I said no meaning yes. No meaning yes? Yes. Look, I want a straight answer. Don't look at me. Wadsworth, is there someone else in this house? Yes or no? Um, no. No, there is or no, there isn't? Yes. There seems to be some confusion about whether or not we are the only people in this house. There isn't. There isn't any confusion or there isn't anyone else in this house? Um, either. Both. Just give me a clear answer. What was the question? Is there anyone else in the house? No. Oh. That's what he says, but does he know? Look, we've got a killer on the loose, the missing dead body of Mr. Body, a cook with a dagger in her back, and all these easily accessible weapons. The rope, the revolver, the candlestick, the wrench, and... Hey, where's the lead pipe? Peacock Scree enters, stumbling into the room with Body hanging all over her. Oh no! It looks like Body is attacking her. <gasps> it's Mr. Help! Body. He's attacking her. Oh no! Help! Bloodied Body Please. falls off of her and onto the ground. The lead pipe protrudes from his skull. 
Oh, he's so bloody. Stand back. He's dead. That's what you said the last time. I believe in second chances. Mr. Body? Dead? Again? I'm gonna faint. I'll catch you. Sorry. Uh Oh. Is this Peacock? Yes. Where did this happen? In the bathroom. I opened the door and there he was. At first I thought he was attacking me, but then I realized he'd been left propped up against the door frame. Dead. Just waiting to fall on someone. Who would do such a thing? Takes a lot of guts to kill someone twice. It's what we call overkill. But why? What's the difference? Makes a difference to him. Makes a difference to us. We've got to find out who killed him, where and with what. Seems like it was probably the lead pipe. Ten points, Professor Plum. What kind of game are you playing, Wadsworth? This isn't a game. You. The lead pipe belonged to you. Ah, yes, but I dropped it just while I was running to the kitchen. People don't just drop a murder weapon. I didn't know it was a murder weapon when I dropped it. So anyone could have picked it up? Yes, of course. But who did? Who did pick up the lead pipe? Who picked up the lead pipe and brutally murdered Mr. Body, leaving him dead and bloodied in the bathroom? Who did that? Who? 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 Lit, Butler. While you lose your marbles, I'm over here trying to do something useful. Have you all forgotten about the evidence against us? The evidence? evidence. Body's briefcase is locked. There must be a key. Mr. Green, would you be so kind as to check Mr. Body's pockets for the key to his briefcase containing the evidence of our crimes so that we may destroy said evidence once and for all? Why me? Why not? Well, all right. Where'd you get that glove? I don't like germs. Or fingerprints? No, mostly it's the germs. Oh, God, it's so warm. Ah, I got it. Give it here. It's empty. (gasps) Empty. Then where's all the evidence? I told you Body was a liar. Had the evidence in his briefcase, my foot. We must find that evidence. And destroy it. Evidence against us aside. First things first, we're in a room with two dead bodies. And the corpse are on their way. Um, let's move the corpses to the couch so they look less dead. Some party this is turning out to be. Help me, Monsieur. Green. Well, all right. Yvette and Green drag Cook while Plum drags Body. Careful, don't get guts on the ground. Oh, solid battlefield technique, Professor Plum. Never leave a man behind. Devas are heavier than they seem, aren't they? I wouldn't know. Oh, uh, right. Me neither. Upsy-daisy. Here, prop her up. Oh, aren't you all strong and virile? The guests prop both bodies, dagger and lead pipe fully visible, upright. Good, they just look asleep. Forget about the bodies. We need to do something about this room full of murder weapons and and the homicidal maniac on the loose. Let's put the weapons in the bag. What good will that do? Then we'll zip up the bag. Most murderers know how zippers work, Mr. Wadsworth. Hmm. I know. We'll put the bag in the safe. Terrific. 
Where's the safe? In the hole. Scene seven, the hall. They arrive and Wadsworth tinkers with the bottom of a large framed painting hanging between two doors. I don't see a safe. What an original tremble, Mr. Wadsworth. Those are quite valuable. Now is not the time for art appreciation. Butler, I- Wadsworth opens the painting on the wall to reveal a safe. Oh. Oh. A hidden safe behind a portrait. How original. There, locked. Voila. What are you going to do with the key to the safe, Wadsworth? Oh yes, the key. I'll put it in my pocket. But what if you're the murderer? I'm not. But what if you are? I've an idea. We'll throw it outside. We, oui, Alex exterior. But it's raining, Alex exterior. I'm not suggesting we go outside. I'm suggesting we stay inside, but throw away the key. But you'd have to open the door, wouldn't you? I would. But what if the killer's outside? Better out than in. Yes, we'd want to keep him outside, wouldn't we? If we open the door, we risk letting him back in. But maybe if we open the door, we'd encourage the killer to, to go out? The killer seems fine. Seems to be doing a fine job of opening and closing doors by himself. I don't see how us opening the door for one tiny second could possibly make any sort of difference. But what if we open the door, throw away the key, and the killer catches it? Then the killer wouldn't have the key we're trying to confiscate. We might be overthinking this. I'm going to throw away the key. Follow me. Wadsworth leads Yvette and the guests towards the front door. He opens the door to throw away the safe key, but shockingly, a motorist stands at the door, poised to knock. Ah! Not now! Was that the killer? He didn't look like a killer. Takes one to know one. Leave him to me. Interrogation is my specialty. How do you do? I'm sorry. I didn't mean to disturb the whole household. <laughs> But my car broke down out there, and I was wondering if I could use your phone. Are you a killer? What? No! <laughs> All right. This way, please. Thank you. Well, where is it? What? The body? The phone. What body? What? There's no body. There's nobody. Uh, right, right. Uh, there's nobody in the study. Mustard has inadvertently pointed to the study. The motorist starts walking towards it. No! 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 No, no, that phone's been disconnected. But I think there's one in the lounge. Oh, alrighty then. Wadsworth brings the motorist to the door of the lounge as the others look on. Right through this door. Thank you. Now listen, we haven't much time. Our task is twofold. One, find the evidence. Two, find the murderer. We've got one potential suspect contained in the lounge, but that leaves the whole rest of this place up for grabs. Who knows what's behind all these doors? I suggest we handle this proper military fashion. We split up and search the house. Split up? Yes, we'll split up into pairs. That way none of us will be alone. But if we split up into pairs, whichever one of us is paired with the killer might get killed. Mon dieu. Yes. But then we'll have to discover who the murderer is. But the other half of the pair would be dead. This is war, Peacock! Casualties are inevitable. You make, cannot make an omelette without breaking eggs. 
Every cook will tell you that. But look what happened to the cook. Well, Colonel, are you willing to take that chance? What choice do we have? None. I, I suppose you're right. All right, troops. Divide and conquer. I'll split us up into pairs. <clears throat> Eeny, meeny, miny. No. Mrs. White, you'll come with me. Professor Plum, you're with Miss Peacock. Yvette, you'll go with Mr. Green. Miss Scarlet, you're with Eeny, meeny. But what if someone doesn't come back? We'll remember you fondly. Now, leave no door unopened and cherish your partner. This may be the last person you ever see. Scene 9. The Hall. The pair search the house through an elaborate musical montage of choreographed, door-slamming, tomfoolery punctuated by brief vignettes. White and Wadsworth are now alone in the hall, facing two doors. Go on, I'll be right behind you. That's why I'm nervous. But why? It's just us. We're alone. That's just it, Mrs. White. No man in his right mind would ever want to be alone with you. Fine. You go in there, and I'll go in here. Are you going in? Yes. Are you? Yes. On the count of three. One, three! Nothing in that room. Nothing in that room either. Shall we search the ballroom? After you. This is quite an impressive library. How can I find anything if I don't even know what I'm looking for? Civilized society is perpetually menaced with disintegration through this primary hostility of men towards one another. Your fancy words don't intimidate me, Professor. I take no credit, Mrs. Peacock. Freud, I think he's onto something. Now is not the time for academic pursuits. We're supposed to be finding the evidence. It's a fruitless search, if you ask me. I mean, it's not like we're just going to walk into a room and find the evidence plastered on the wall. I suppose you're right. Come on, let's go upstairs. Maybe we'll be excited by something in a bedroom. <laughs> I haven't been excited by something in a bedroom for years. The lounge module opens and we find the motorist on the phone. I'm a little nervous. I'm at that big house on the hill and I've been locked in the lounge. I didn't expect there'd be a whole group of people here. I think they're having some sort of party. And the funny thing is, I think one of them is my customer. Yeah, yeah, my regular Tuesday night passenger. Scene 10, the conservatory. Mustard searches the conservatory floor. Scarlet enters slyly, holding Plum's pipe. Oh, there you are. You'll never believe what I found in the hallway. Professor Plum's stupid tobacco pipe. Huh. What do you think that means? Who knows, but it seems suspicious if you ask me. I, I just did. Honestly, Colonel. This is the last room left to search in this beastly mansion, and we still haven't found the evidence. I think this time has been productive, nevertheless. Aren't you a Pollyanna? You're a brave and determined lady, Miss Scarlet. I've enjoyed our time together. I hope after this expedition ends, remain friends. I mean, really, murders aside, it's just been a lovely group of people. All in all, I suppose I 
would like to hear Mrs. White explain why she lost her veil in the billiard room, but, uh, you, you know. You found just... White's veil in the billiard room? Odd. Odd? Odd. Mustard accidentally leans on the wall sconce, which moves like a lever. A trapdoor in the floor opens. <gasps> a trapdoor? A trapdoor leading to a secret passage? Come on! Uh, <clears throat> uh, ladies first, Miss Scarlet. How heroic. Blackout. Scene 11. The lounge. The painting opens. Scarlet and Mustard climb out of it. The room is dark. The dead motorist in the chair is unnoticed. Dot, dot, dot. For now. Where are we now? How should I know? The lights are off. Well, turn them on. I would if I could see anything. Well, uh, I'm going to feel around. Don't get any funny ideas. Hmm, a table. A telephone. Uh, a chair. A body. <gasps> a body! body! Ah! Get me out of here! Help! Help! Murder! Murder! The stage is now divided into two, with inside the lounge being stage left and outside the lounge being stage right. Let us in! Let, let us, us in. in! Let us out! Let us out! Let us out! We can't let you out! The door to the lounge is locked! Gee, Wadsworth, you locked the motorist in here. That's right. I did. I do. I don't! The keys are gone! Gone! gone. I have an idea! There's a murderer on the loose! Please get us out of here! There's no alternative. I'm just gonna have to break down the door. Stand back! I'm a doctor. Stand back! I'm a woman! Plum backs into Yvette. Their crash causes the gun to go off, firing upwards. The chandelier above in slow-mo falls, pinning green beneath it as the guests react. Can somebody please help me? What, what happened? happened? What, what happened? I heard a gunshot. I will help you. I'm done shooting at you. The door is open. You can come out now. Why were you shooting at us? To open the door. But you could have killed us. I said stand back. Oh, well, let's add finding the key to the lounge to our priority list. Say, Frenchie, where'd you get that gun anyway? The safe, it was unlocked. Unlocked? Impossible, I have the key. <gasps> no, I haven't. The key is gone. Gone? Gone? Not to beat a dead horse, but again, I have, I feel like we're having all the keys is really important. I thought you'd said you threw away the key to the safe, Mr. Wadsworth. I did say that, but I didn't do that. We got distracted by the motorist at the door and I forgot. One of you must have snatched the keys from my pocket while we were searching the house. So whoever took the key is the killer? Precisely. Speaking of the killer, there's a dead body in the lounge, you know. The motorist is dead. Which one of you killed him? We found him together. And he was already dead. But the door to the lounge was locked. We went through a secret passage we found in the conservatory. Secret passage? Who designed this place? The Parker Brothers. 
It's hot. Oh, no. What do we do? Oh, my God. Oh. Quick, I'll hide the gun. Don't worry, it's not the police. It's the police. <gasps> I'm going to open the door. No. no. It's the decent thing to do. Open up. Well, good evening, officer. We've been expecting you. Good evening, sir. Oh, you you have been expecting me. Uh, we haven't. I got a tip about an abandoned car near the gates of this house. Did a motorist stop by by any chance? No. 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 Yes. There seems to be some disagreement. At any rate, can I come in and use your phone? No. 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 Of course you may, sir. There's a phone in the lounge. Oh, out of order. Of course. My mistake. You can use the phone in the study. Occupied. Uh, uh... If you please, sir, you may use the phone in the library. Right this way. You're all acting rather peculiar. Um, it's it's because our chandelier fell down. That thing yes, was so shiny. Exactly. Oh, it could have killed us, but don't worry, the maid will clean it up. That's all well and good, but what's going on in the lounge in the study? Lounging, studying, this way. I'd really like to have a look. No, thank you. What? Hmm? This way, please. Actually, I'd like to take a look around, if you don't mind. Uh, of course, officer. Follow me. I'll take you on a grand tour of Body Manor. Yvette uses a pulley system by the front door to raise the chandelier back into position. This home was built by Lord Reginald Body in 1874. We've got to cover our tracks and get rid of this guy. This way, please. Lord Body had been declared Lord Body after somebody discovered an antibody that would save everybody. Notice the mahogany floor. Did you know that in the 17th century, the buccaneer John Esquimling recorded the use of mahogany for making canoes? Can you canoe? What? Hey, wh where did everybody go? Notice the brass doorknobs, crafted specifically for Lord Body by his buddy in 1878. I don't care about the doorknobs, mister. What's going on around here? What are you hiding in those two rooms? Uh, uh which, which two rooms? The lounge and the study. Oh, oh, uh, those two rooms. Yes. Uh, Cop approaches the study door. Wadsworth blocks his path. No, officer, I don't think you should go in there. And why not? Because it's all too shocking. As the cop enters, the guests puppeteer the dead bodies of Body and Cook so they appear to be alive. <laughs> Hello, officer. Welcome to the party. White has set herself up with the dead body of Body on top of her to make it appear as if they're making out. <laughs> oh, um... <clears throat> excuse me. You are excused. Cop now notices Mustard, seemingly making out with a dead cook, while Peacock, unseen by Cop behind drapes, uses her hands as if they were Cook's hands, heavily petting Mustard. <laughs> pardon! Oh, pardon me. <laughs> good night, officer. Good, good night. Slam.
Cop retreats from the study back into the main hall with Wadsworth. As the study module retreats, the guests react in disgust as they pull away from the dead oh. bodies. Oh. <laughs> now that wasn't at all shocking, mister. Those folks were just having a good time. Why didn't you tell me this was a party? My apologies, sir. I'll just take a peek in the lounge if you don't mind. Pop has crossed the hall to the lounge and opens the door as the lounge module opens. The dead motorist, an alcohol bottle in his hand, appears to be drunk rather than dead. He is propped up in a chair by Green, who shares the chair with him, also pretending to be drunk. Plum and Scarlet are slow dancing to the music behind him. Um, excuse me? Oh, evening, officer. How do you do? Are, are these men drunk? Dead drunk. Wanna sit? Oh, I, I can't drink while on the job. The chief would kill me. Killed if you do, killed if you don't. What? Have a lovely evening, officer. And the same to you. Pop shuts the door. As the lounge module retreats, Scarlet and Plum help Green, disgusted, out of the chair. Green, hyperventilating, uses his latex glove to breathe into as the lounge module closes. Well... I can explain everything. Oh, no explanation necessary. There's nothing illegal about any of this. There's not? Of course not. This is America. And that, right there, was the pursuit of happiness. May I use your phone now? Certainly. The library, officer. Thank you. All clear. You can come out now. Well done, all of you. Impressive. Oh, that was really such a great party. Oh. I've locked him in the library. How'd you do that? I thought you didn't have the keys. I didn't have my right pocket keys, but my left pocket keys are intact. Now, let's finish searching the manor. The police are on their way. But the police already came. Not the broken down car police, the criminal investigation police. Precisely. Mm. We must find the evidence and we can't afford to have any more murders. This is getting dangerous. Now go. In 12, the library, the billiard room. Hello? Hello? Power outage. Must be the storm. Oh. Oh, hello, Chief? Yes, this is... Hello? Hello? Are you still there? What's on that phone working? Hello? Oh, it's only you. You scared me. I thought you were the killer. Did somebody cut the line? Hello? Oh, did you find a clue? What is that in your hand? Gloved hand holding the rope emerges from behind Yvette. A noose flies around onto her neck. Oh! Struggles! Oh! Oh! Now. oh. Room module retreats in darkness. Oh, good. You can hear me. You see, I found an abandoned car and wound up in an old mansion where all the lights just went out. 
I'm telling you, Chief, there's something funny going on around here. A gloved hand holding a candlestick emerges from a trapdoor in the bookshelf. They're having some kind of party, and you'll never believe who I just saw. No! no! Uh. Scene 13. The Hall. In the light of the flame, we see Wadsworth's face. He finds the light panel. Suddenly, the light turns back on, revealing Wadsworth fully. The guests pour back on stage. Oh, there we are. Thank goodness. That was so let there be light. Shh. Do you hear that? Sounds like a telephone is off the hook. It's coming from the library. That's where the killer must be. I'm going in. Aren't you afraid? Of course. What? A fate worse than death? No, just death. Wadsworth followed by the guests, goes down to the library door. He unlocks it. The cop sits, head down. Excuse me, Mr. Cop. Are you all right? Do you need assistance? A phone book, perhaps? Hey, listen, copper. This is the butler asking you a question. Hang up the phone already, or I will. She pulls the cop's body back, revealing a bloody candlestick, protruding <gasps> from his head morbidly. Oh, no! <laughs> The guests hysterically run until they all arrive and settle in the billiard room. Their bodies block the view of the billiard table. Should be safe here in the billiard room. I don't feel safe. I, I, I can't relax. How about a round of pool to pass the time? Oh, I, I love pool. Yeah, I could go for a round of pool. They all step back and reveal Yvette's body strangled by the rope on the table. Music stings. The billiard room module retreats as the guests run into the hall, continuing to scream oh, no. individually through all the remaining doors. Ah. The house is quiet. Or, or not. The front door opens on its own. A cute, perky singing telegram girl tap dances in the doorframe. I am your singing telegram. The young woman falls dead in the doorway. Scene 14. The conclusion. Wadsworth, pushing the girl's legs out of the way, shuts the front door. They are eerily calm. Three murders in three minutes. That's our best record. Three murders! Six altogether. The cook, Mr. Body, the motorist, the cop, Yvette, and the singing telegram girl. But who is the murderer? Ain't that the million dollar question? Sometimes the most obvious answer is right under our noses. I think the best course of action is to retrace our steps. It all started like this. At the start of the evening, there was thunder, lightning, and the dogs barked. Ding dong! Colonel Mustard? Ding dong! Mrs. White, who noticed Yvette. Mrs. Peacock, who noticed the cook. Then Mr. Green. Woof, woof! Sit! No, not you, sir. Please, come in. Then, Professor Plum, Miss Scarlet. Then, dinner is served. Well, that was more like a cocktail minute. To the dining room. Shark fin soup. Ooh, yummy, yum, yum, my favorite. Then, Mr. Body arrived and we all went to the study. Coffee, brandy. Who is this Mr. Body Butler? How do you do? 
Then Mr. Body asked me to pass out packages. Ah, a snake! No, it's a rope. Then Mr. Body switched off the lights. Now! Mr. Body was dead, but not really. Really, he was alive, but we didn't know it. Then Mrs. Peacock drank his drink. Poison! Ah! Well, someone had to stop her screaming. And then we heard, ah, Yvette screaming to the billiard room. But Mrs. Peacock joined late. I'm an old woman who may or may not have been poisoned. Then Mrs. White asked, who else is in the house? To which we all replied, the cook, the cook. who we found knifed in the back. Oh God, oh God, so gross blood, germs. Will somebody help me up? I suggested we take the cook's body into the study, but Body's body was gone. Then Mrs. Peacock entered with Body on her body because Body had been bludgeoned in his bean. Then the briefcase, <gasps> empty. Next, the motorist arrived. Are you a killer? And I locked him in the lounge. Dead. That's when the unexpected cop showed up. Hello, you're all acting rather peculiar. Can you canoe? Dead. Then the maid got strangled in the billiard room. Dead, which brings us to I am bang. And here we all are. Oh, bravo, bravo, bravo. Impressive, Wadsworth. But what does it prove? Nothing. Well, this, I know who the murderer is. You do? I do. All right, then. We're listening, Miss Scarlet. Who do you accuse? It was Professor Plum in the hall with the revolver. <gasps> Liar. We all heard the gun go off, Professor, and I found your stupid tobacco pipe here while we were searching the house. When'd you drop it, huh? While scoping out the best vantage point to kill your next victim? I bet that poor singing telegram girl was an old patient of yours, right? I never saw that girl before in my life. And it wasn't me. Well, the gun is missing. Gentlemen, turn out your pockets. Ladies, empty your purses. Whoever has the gun is the murderer. Well done, Wadsworth. You won't be able to prove anything if you're all dead. That may be so, Professor Plum. But if we are alive... He opens the door. The chief of police and his backup cop enter, guns and badge revealed, stepping over the dead singing telegram girl on their way in. Officers, there's your man. Well done, Wadsworth. Uh, that's what I said. Well, I'm saying it now. I'm Hank Cuffs, chief of police. And Professor Plum, you're coming with me. That's not how it happened. It happened like this. All right then, we're listening, Professor Plum. Who do you accuse? It was Colonel Mustard in the lounge with the wrench. Another lounge. I found your Medal of Honor in the lounge where the motorist was killed by a wrench to the head. And that wrench belongs to you. That's a lie. The wrench, the wrench is missing. Gentlemen, turn out your pockets. Ladies, empty your purses. Whoever has the wrench is the murderer. Well done, Wadsworth. There's your man, officer. Not a kernel of truth in him. Well done, Wadsworth. Without what I said. Yes, well, I'm saying it now. Guilty verdict, chief of police. Colonel Mustard, you're coming with me. You have it all wrong. It happened like this. We're listening, Colonel. Who do you accuse? It was Mrs. White in the billiard room with the rope. I'd rather die. I found your veil in the billiard room, and I saw how you cringed tonight when Yvette served you dinner. 
Yes, it's true. I knew Yvette. She had a torrid love affair with my late husband. I hated her. I hated her so much. It, it, the flames on my side of my face, flames breathing, heaving breaths, but just, I, I hated her. Just because I hated her does not mean I killed her. The rope is missing. Gentlemen, turn out your pockets. Ladies, empty your purses. Well done, Wadsworth. Well done, Wadsworth. That's what I said. Yes, well, I'm saying it now. Mark my words, chief of police. Mrs. White? It happened like this. Mrs. White, who do you accuse? It was Mrs. Peacock in the kitchen with the dagger. I found your feather by the corpse. Gentlemen, turn out your pockets. Well done, Wadsworth. That's what I said. Yes, well, I'm saying it now. I'm Barry D. Hatchet. Chief of police. But that's not how it happened. It happened, it happened like this. this. It was Miss Scarlet in the library with a candlestick. Maxine Mum, Chief of Police. You can't do this to me. Frankly, Miss Scarlet, I don't give a damn. But it really happened like this. I know who the murderer is. Who? Oh. All of you. Freeze! Nobody move, you're all killers. You can't prove anything, Mr. Wadsworth. I'm not Mr. Wadsworth, I'm Mr. Body. How can you be Mr. Body if Body bled all over me? It wasn't Body who was bleeding. But if Body wasn't Body, well then who was he? He was Wadsworth, my butler. <gasps> but if you're the real Mr. Body, what was your purpose in dragging all this out? Well, you see, when you started murdering people, I decided to roll the dice. See if you'd self-implode. Kill off my entire network of spies and informers. Which you all did, splendidly, by the way. Generously leaving your fingerprints on every glass, doorknob, and dead body. So now I have each of you on the hook for murder. Murder? Bribery for petty crimes is one thing, but murder? Now that could get expensive. But why this whole charade? The searching of the house, the madness of retracing our steps. It's all part of the game. Game? game? Well, yeah, I'm relaxed now, you see. Now that you've killed everyone off, there's no evidence left against me. I've got off scot-free. But the police will be here any minute. You'll never get away with this. <laughs> What's so funny? Nobody's called the police, have they? They were never on their way. Now listen up, you reprobates. We're gonna stack the bodies in the cellar, lock the cellar door, and leave Body Manor one at a time and forget any of this ever happened. I can't just forget all this. With murder on the menu, the price of blackmail just tripled. Forgotten. Now move. Wait a minute. We can all rush him. He's got no more bullets left in that gun. Oh, come on. You don't think I'm gonna fall for that old trick? It's not a trick. There was one shot at Mr. Body in the study, two for the chandelier, two at the lounge door, and one for the singing telegram girl. That's not six. One plus two plus two plus one. Uh-uh. There was only one shot that got the chandelier. That's one plus two plus one plus one. Even if you were right, that would be one plus one plus two plus one, not one plus two plus one plus one. 
Okay, fine. One plus two, shut up! The point is, there's one bullet left in that gun and anybody who moves is gonna get it. So you're gonna keep blackmailing us and we're all supposed to pretend that never happened? Of course, why not? I'll tell you why. Larry Goodman, FBI. The jig is up. <gasps> or is it? Missed me. I am FBI. Apparently, I'm a dead ringer for Green. He got a letter just like each of you, but he came to the Bureau to ask for help. I took, I took his place tonight so we could have a sting operation. Some sting? Six people died on your watch. I usually work the desk. My beat is property crime. You know, theft, fraud. That's why I was so tickled when the real Mr. Wadsworth risked his neck to drop off a whole briefcase worth of evidence last night. You've had the evidence this whole time? It's all here. Miss Scarlett's books, including names of customers and employees, justifying why she killed the cop, who listed, who's listed here on her payroll. Give me that. Ooh, and a love letter addressed to Professor Plum. That's private property. <laughs> and that singing telegram girl was a teenage daughter of the head of the you-know-who. Who would have come clean to daddy? Who would have cleaned out Professor Plum's so you killed her? Now see here. <laughs> and these negatives. And these negatives. And these... Colonel, quite the regular at Miss Scarlet's establishment. Bet you couldn't be a colonel anymore if that motorist had informed your general where he drives you on Tuesday nights. I wanted to, someone to talk to. <laughs> and shark's fin soup indeed, Miss Scarlet. Too bad your old cook couldn't keep quiet. If only she hadn't blabbed about your briberies, maybe you wouldn't have killed her just before joining us outside the billiard room. Now we know what really took you so long. Circumstantial evidence will never hold up in the court of law. <laughs> but this notarized record from the cook will. And Miss White, you weren't lying, were you? You really did hate Yvette. Flames, flames on the side of my head. We get it. Here's a container holding fingerprints collected at the scenes of your previous murders. I never murdered my husband's. Fingerprints, I'm sure the FBI will be able to match to those found on the noose tied around Yvette's neck. I wore gloves. <laughs> you mean these? And last but not least, Mr. Bobby Body. It's Robert. Now you didn't hate Yvette at all, did you, Mr. Body? What's it to you? Illicit green card love affair is the icing on the cake of this FBI file, an FBI file on the whole body family. Your butler, the real Wadsworth, has been feeding us information for months. Talk about a real American. He was British. You know what I mean? I, you know what I mean. I see why you want, you'd want to kill him, twice. Your shot missed him in the study, but he's wisely played dead. And it wasn't until you caught him trying to escape that you bludgeoned him to death with the lead pipe I dropped on my way to the kitchen. I mean, really, who drops a murder weapon? I didn't know it was, oh, oh my gosh. The Bodies family has been wanted for organized crime for generations, but they're always eluded by the, they've always eluded the law until now, tonight. 
the body business has reached a dead end. You leave my family out of this. Oh, 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 Larry, hold me, Larry. Oh, it's so dark. Second wind. If I knew you were coming, I'd have baked you a cake. Oh, oh yes, here we go. I'm gone. He's dead. Not yet. <gasps> Come on. Smile when your heart is breaking. Smile. Oh, Mama. Larry, Larry. Uh, now. I tell you, this was the most exciting night I've had in a while. And now you're all under arrest. Officers. Here are the criminals you've been looking for, and you'll find the recordings of the confessions we've been waiting for in the billiard room. Oh, the tapes. All right, who done it? He did. She did. did. He did it. No, she did. They all did. But if you want to know who killed Mr. Body, <laughs> that, that was me. Special Air Agent Larry Goodman in the hall with my gun. Well done, Goodman. That's, that's what, what he, he said. said. And that's how it really... Oh! So, sorry, sorry. Um, okay, Chief, take him away. I'm going home to sleep with my wife. One, two, yeah. One, two three o'clock. The end. Rock. Five, six, seven, five, The end. Rock. Ten, eleven o'clock, twelve o'clock. Rock, we're gonna rock around. Rock tonight, put your bad bags on.